A special thanks to Wells Fargo for sponsoring today's podcast in a series featuring leaders who are facilitating a cultural transformation in the workplace. Around seven or eight years ago, I saw a man in a wheelchair that wasn't able to open a door at a business. Seeing that man not being able to open the door easily, that really opened my eyes. I, I hadn't noticed anything like that before, and it got me thinking, and it really inspired me to go out there and try to find a solution to the problem. It's easy to talk about the successes, but what doesn't get talked about enough is the struggle. My name is Eric Weinmayer. I've gotten the chance to ascend Mount Everest, to climb the tallest mountain in every continent, to kayak the Grand Canyon, and I happen to be blind. It's been a struggle to live what I call a no barriers life, to define it, to push the parameters of what it means. And part of the equation is diving into the learning process and trying to illuminate the universal elements that exist along the way. And that unexplored terrain between those dark places we find ourselves in and the summit exists a map. That map, that way forward, is what we call no barriers. Today we talked to 16-year-old Alex Knoll, who is a tech founder and international speaker with a passion for helping others. Alex developed Ability App, a global crowdsourced web app that helps people with cognitive, hearing, vision, and or mobility disabilities and caregivers to search for specific, accessible, and inclusive features at locations around the world. He has been featured on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, BBC, Irish Times, NBC Nightly News, Sky News, and he was recently awarded the Diana Award, created to honor Princess Diana's work while inspiring others to action. Enjoy the conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the No Barriers podcast. Alex, thank you for joining us. And Tom, uh, my co-host, thank you for being here today as well. Oh, so excited to be here with you and Alex. And I know that we're going to unlock some great discoveries in this conversation today. Alex, you and I met at the National Speakers Association Conference in Denver, and they were giving you an award and um, recognizing your work for the Ability app uh, that you have built. So maybe start us out with like you have gotten so much attention every award under the sun the diana award the ellen show you met tim cook the ceo of apple has this been your life's work to this far would you or like you know is there something we don't know about you like you love skateboarding or something else that nobody even knows about like seems like this has taken over your life and has become really like your life's mission so far well, yeah, well, I, I, I do other things outside of the app. I've been working on the Ability app for the last uh, seven years or so. But alongside the app, I love That's a long me. time. Yeah, yeah. It's been an amazing <laughs> And journey. you're 16 now, right, Alex? Yes, I am. Yeah, so you started at nine, if my math Yes, right. nine years old. <laughs> and your voice has gotten a lot deeper since then, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a lot of time's gone by, but... Uh, <laughs> But it's nice. been an amazing journey, and I'm continuing with the app today. We're moving forward. People are signing up every day, and I also have a little bit of time as well. Uh, the rest of my life, I'm just going to high school right now, um, so I'm balancing both, and it's it's been awesome. But it seems like this could almost be like a full time job. Like you could you could drop out of school and just work on this full time, right? Like so, how do you balance it all? 
I, uh, I actually did a couple of years ago. I went, I homeschooled to, to focus on the app a little bit more, but I did my schoolwork at home. It made it a little bit easier to, to get both done. And I, I decided I wanted to go back to school and have that time. I know I'm not going to be a kid for very much longer. So I, I said, I'll go back to school, but I, I've got time for both. And I, I try to balance it out, but it's, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Are you mostly doing this alone? I know like the Ellen show, their developers helped you a bit, but like how have other people's expertise come into the process of developing this? Yeah, well, I've, I've had a lot of amazing mentors along the way. My parents are some of my biggest mentors and helpers. They've, they've helped me throughout this whole process. That $25,000 from the Ellen show helped kick us off. It was incredible. It really got us got us off the line. And then after that, when those funds ran out, I began public speaking. And that was used, I used that as a way to pay for further development to, to get it further. So I was public speaking a lot. I spoke all around the world. I was speaking in Slovakia and Switzerland. And that was, that was incredible being able to meet all of those people and speak in front of them and then get the funds to help develop the app. And uh, of course, COVID put a little bit of a, of a roadblock in that. So the app's been right. the same for the last, I guess, since March. That's when all the speeches stopped, and I haven't made one since. But we've got a working tool today. We've got people signing up every day that are using the app and writing reviews on the Ability app, taking photos, going through the accessibility checklist, and, and pinpointing uh, that information under the app. There's a lot of young people out there in the world that also love programming like you and that are getting some skills in it. But you chose to utilize your skills to create this app to help and elevate others, right? Others that have challenges. Tell me about what was the motivation behind that, that thinking, that decision that you made to create something that ultimately is not about entertainment or gaming, but ultimately something that lifts others up. Right. Well, the whole idea came about around seven or eight years ago, wherein I saw a man in a wheelchair that wasn't able to open a door at a business. And I didn't know if there was a resource that that man could have used to find other locations in the area that were accessible, that had automatic doors. So seeing that man not being able to open the door easily, that really opened my eyes. I, I hadn't noticed anything like that before, and it got me thinking. And that's where the whole, the whole idea started. I had an opportunity at my school. There was a program called Invent Idaho, and it encourages young people to uh, think of ideas and then enter it into the competition. And the ability app did very well in that competition. And that really got me started along the, the whole journey. Did you know other people with disabilities or anything? Or was like any personal connection? I, and, and when you saw that guy, like he couldn't get in the door. How, did somebody finally open the door for him? Did you see frustration? Did you feel frustrated? It, yes. That's a lot of questions, by the way. I just hit you with. Yeah, no, I had I'd never seen anything like that before. I'd never seen anyone not being able to open a door that, that had a disability. I didn't particularly have anybody in my family, and I didn't didn't really have any friends or know anybody with a disability. So it was really my first experience seeing something like that. So it opened my eyes, and it opened my family's eyes. We've, we'd never seen anything like that before. And it really inspired me to go out there and try to find a solution to the problem. And since I saw that original man that, couldn't open the door. It opened my eyes. I didn't know how many people with disabilities there were in the world. And that was more motivation to, to get something out there to help people. And when you think about 
all of the people that this app is helping and will help in the future. Have you had any interactions with them on a on a one-on-one basis that kind of tells you that, yes, this affirms the vision of what you had originally. Tell me about some of those interactions that may have like left a, left a mark on your heart. Right. Well, I received throughout the, the many years that I've been doing this, uh, thousands of emails from people all over the world that are sharing their experiences and their advice and how much this app has the potential to change their lives. I received emails from families and caregivers and people with disabilities, and they share their stories about the challenges that they face and how the app can change their lives. So that's not only motivation, but they've they've also helped me along the way to implement things that they say would be very helpful for them. So a lot of the features that you see in the app are from people that have reached out and given me advice of what to put in the app. So all of the different features that you can review at businesses on Ability App come from from those people and my mentors, uh, people with disabilities that have experience, and they've told me what I can do to make the the tool more helpful. Is that like, um, is it fair? I mean, because I keep saying like it's this is like Yelp for accessibility, but is that a super annoying comparison? Well, no, that's that's been something that I've used to to compare the app to that for, for people that have never heard of it before. It's a good it's a good way to put it. You can find uh, locations with uh, photos of the business. You can find all the photos of the disability-friendly features that the, the business offers. You can go through the checklist and read reviews of, of people's experience at that business based on the accessibility. And there really wasn't anything, and there isn't anything that's comprehensive like the Ability app that goes into the amount of detail to find accessibility-friendly features of businesses. So I think it's a good, a good way to, to compare mm-hmm. Yelp for accessibility. And if you were the professor, Alex, for, for accessibility and what you have learned through this app, what would you give the world in terms of their accessibility and inclusion at this point? A, B, C, D, F? <laughs> Where yeah. are we? Well, many people may be uh, afraid initially of the word accessibility business owners. They may think, oh, well, that might cost a lot of money. That might be a lot of effort to, to try to get it up to the standards. But I would say uh, there actually are many things that businesses can do for little to no money to make it better for people with disabilities at their business. A couple of examples to start out with uh, that I like to share with people, uh, what they can do to make it better for people with disabilities, have a better experience at their business. One of them, maybe let's say a person in a wheelchair to make it easier for them. You can go to a a restroom stall in a, a location and the coat hook in the restroom stall might be too high. That is such a simple fix for people in wheelchairs. You can either lower that coat hook or go buy a new one and lower it in the stall. And that would make it incredibly uh, more helpful for people in wheelchairs to, to hang their coat or their purse or whatever lower so they can reach it. Another one would be educating your staff on the needs of people with disabilities. And that that's just a little bit of training to to give people a better experience. So there are a lot of things like that that are very inexpensive, maybe even free, that'll make it a lot a lot better for people with disabilities at your business. You know, it seems like a very, very important service that this app is providing the world. Why don't you think anyone had come up with it before you? Why did it why did it take nine year old Alex <laughs> to come up with it? 
why are there hundreds of years of people facing disabilities? And it was it was a nine-year-old that saw this man and decided he was going to do it. What, what do you think that is? Well, I, I couldn't tell you. It, it's such a huge problem. It's been a problem for a very long time where I, I'm really surprised. I was surprised that there was nothing like it before. And seeing that nothing like it had existed before and seeing the huge need, it really pushed me to continue forward. Of course, it, app development can be very challenging. I, uh, I've realized that it can be very challenging to find the funds and the right people to create the right and uh, a very useful product. So it, it can be a lot of effort, and that might shy people away from, from putting in the work. So it has taken a lot of time to, to create this robust tool. And I really was actually surprised. But it's such a huge problem, and it makes me so happy to see the progress and the potential of uh, how many people's lives it can change. Yeah. Well, you are, I got to say, the most buttoned up 16-year-old <laughs> I think I've ever met. I mean, you are just like, you, you're like ready for primetime news with the way that you are able to, to answer and deliver these responses. You know, one of the things that I wonder is, what is it that, that drives you each day, day in and day out? You've got your school, you've got your homework, you've got your other interests, what is it that drives you to continue to like, hey, I've got to make this better? Well, one of the biggest is hearing from others that have reached out to me. Like I, like I mentioned, all of those emails that I received from, from people all around the world, the messages of their advice uh, and, and how much this app can change their lives. That has been the, the number one drive for me to continue forward, knowing how many people's lives it can change. So, so helping others has been a huge motivator for me this this whole process and that really keeps me going seeing all the stories uh, of people with disabilities and their caregivers and what this app can do yeah i saw some really powerful ones people were saying you know like i was scared to go out of my house and you know and now i feel confident going out and knowing that i can get a braille menu or a table that's going to be low enough for me you know even at no barriers we had we had a retreat one time and we had a we have a no barriers uh, board member who is in a wheelchair and and uh, and he couldn't reach the lights in his room. He almost fell off the toilet seat because you know paras sometimes need a more stable toilet seat. Uh, I've been with my friend Mark Wellman, world famous paraplegic athlete. We went to his favorite restaurant and he couldn't get into the front door, so we, they had him go around the back, but the back door was locked, and we had to wait like a half an hour for them to find out where the key was. So like this is way beyond just travel. This is like dignity and identity, right? For people and how they actually kind of go out into the world and, and can make an impact. Right. I mean, it goes way deeper than just tech, cool technology. Yeah. There are a lot of stories like that, uh, unfortunately, and hopefully we, we can make a big difference in that space, educating others and sharing those stories can, can be a motivator for businesses and, and can, can open their eyes to see uh, what can be done to make it better for people with disabilities. Take us to the map of like just the 101, you know, because you have folks with cognitive challenges, autism, you have blind, you have deaf, you have folks in wheelchairs, you have caregivers. Uh, all their accessibility needs are a little bit different. So just like 101, take us through each of those experiences, what those different groups might be looking for in terms of accessibility. Right. Well, many people think of people with mobility disabilities. On the app, they can find features like 
uh, if the business has an automatic door, an accessible entrance, if the tables are low enough at a restaurant, if the like the example that I said, if there are small things too. They can people can take photos of things like the coat hook in the restroom stall. People look for that, things like that for people with mobility disabilities. We've also got vision, hearing, cognitive, cognitive. People look for quiet spaces in restaurants. So we're, we're hoping to in the future implement technology that's already that already exists on people's phones. There's on most iPhones and things like that. You can measure the decibel rating in the restaurant. So so in the future as more resources come along. We hope to implement features like that, measure the, the location's ambient noise. For people with uh, hearing impairments, that's also a, a, a huge thing that people look for. Is it quiet enough if they have low hearing levels? If it's quiet enough in the restaurant so that they can hear the person that they're sitting with at the table with them. So those are some of the basics, but it goes into to a lot of depth in the app. We've got all of the different features that people can look through on all of the different categories. We've got four categories of disabilities, all of those that you mentioned. If you're deaf and you're going into like a hotel, I saw one of the things that you could rate was like, is the staff trained? Like, you know, would they want to know sign language or maybe basically have a way of communicating non-verbally with folks? Right. And that's, that's one thing where employees are, can speak uh, sign language and also printed information for people with, hearing disabilities, having information that people can look through on the, on the business if a person with sign language that knows sign language isn't available. So right. that's also in there. Printed info, that's a specific feature that, that's listed in the app. Okay, cool. You have helped so many people. And at the same time, I imagine you've learned so much. Being a person without a disability, you probably have learned so much about some of the daily challenges that people with disabilities face. Has there been one moment or one discovery that has been truly eye-opening for you that has really kind of shaken you to your knees? It's like, wow, I didn't realize that. Well, there have been many experiences like that. The first one was in the beginning where the, the whole idea came about. And that opened my eyes to the whole, the whole need for accessibility. I had never been aware of it before. But all of the features have come along slowly from, like I mentioned, the people that I've met, the mentors that have helped me along the way. So I've had a lot of experiences where people tell me things that I didn't know before. So I added them that into the app. So originally in the very, very beginning, just started with the mobility. That was the idea. Then as I met more people with these, these different disabilities, I added those, those features that they said would be, would be helpful into the app. So all of the experience I've met, I've had many that that have inspired me and, and opened my eyes to put more things into the app. That's so cool. That's the iterative nature of one of these, of technology, right? You can just keep adding and improving and better and better and better every day, right? Yes. So cool. So, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Hugh Herr. He was one of our founding board members and he heads up MIT's biometronics group. And Hugh is a pioneer in prosthetics, like super advanced prosthetics, right? And one of the things that he's always impressed upon me and some of us at No Barriers is just about, um, you know, for all the successes that we have in our journey, it's also, you know, we learn so much from the struggle. I was wondering, is there one big struggle or one big sort of failure that you had in your journey that said, ah, you know, I learned so much from this? Is there anything that stands out to you? Well, yeah, there are, there are a lot of, of 
roadblocks that, that you run into when, when developing an app. The big one, as I mentioned, is financing. Apps can be very, very expensive with the, the amount of money that, that programmers, that good ones, that, that can help you create a robust tool. That can be very expensive. And then a lot of people, of course, there are a lot of haters, a lot of people that will doubt what your app can do, but you just can't, you just don't have to listen to them. You just have to keep going, keep believing in your mission. Don't let others' negative information that they're trying to give you uh, slow you down. You just got to keep moving forward. I felt like you were about to say the negative Nellies out there. Yeah, like, yeah, that's through the, the negative point. Nellies, right? There's <laughs> a lot of those, but you just have to keep going. You can't listen to them. You just have to believe in your mission and and surround yourself with positive people that that can help you along the way. That that have the expertise you need that are a positive influence. Have you seen a situation where somebody said, "Look, this was totally inaccessible. There was no elevator. You know what I mean for me to get down to that floor, or whatever it may be." And have you seen the hotel or the train station or whatever the company is respond and say, "Hey, we're gonna fix this. We're gonna change this. This isn't right. Like we get it. You called us out, and now we're gonna step up." Right. Well, maybe things as big as that that can be a lot of money and. The, the whole goal of the app isn't to point out the negatives of businesses, the okay. bad businesses. Okay, good. That's a good framework. We we try to point out the locations that are accessible. We don't want to punish anybody. There are some businesses that may not have the funds to to implement features like that. But the goal of the app is Yeah, that makes sense. I like what you're saying. You're keeping it – try to keep it positive and focus on the ones that are doing a good job versus the ones that are not, not doing a good job. That's really excellent. But keep going. Sorry. Oh, no. Well, yeah, there are, but I'm sure most businesses know that people with disabilities are uh, a large group of people, a large percentage of the world's population. So you think it would be smart, a smart business decision, and also the right thing to do to include people with disabilities and, and provide the services that'll make it a better and provide a better experience. So uh, as the app gains traction, I'm, I'm hoping that it continues to inform a lot of business owners, more business owners into the future to help improve their experience of their businesses. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be the first to say that I love that, that focus on just sort of awarding and recognizing those businesses that truly are accessible. I'll also go a step further and say, I don't mind doing a little public shaming on those businesses that are, are not yet up to speed. Let's kind of right. them along. Because I respect know? the idea of keeping it positive, but I, I think, Tom, that's right. Like you pointed, public shaming. Yeah, like that's not a terrible thing to just be like, hey, come on, you can do better than this, right? Yeah, and a lot of them may not even be aware. So I've spoken to a lot of different business owners that, once I inform them about and, and share with them some of the stories and some of the things that they can do, uh, even simple things, they weren't aware of them before. And once they know, they're they're very much open to implementing those. That's a huge point. I, I really appreciate that because I do think that part of it is awareness, right? Yeah. That's the first step to making change is becoming aware that there is, in fact, a problem. And, you know, tell me about if, if you can, is there any conversation that you've had with anyone where you raised awareness and then change was made? Yeah, well, there there are a lot of them. Uh, one of the things that I've actually gone to multiple businesses about are Braille menus. So in my area, there are a lot of people that actually provide services of printing Braille menus for free. So 
a lot of a lot of business owners weren't aware uh, before. Uh, people with vision impairments would like to have these brilliant. It makes it awesome. So sharing with them what they can do, simple things to to give uh, people with vision impairments access to these menus. They were very much open, and I've actually had a couple businesses that now do offer braille menus. So again, it's just that that awareness, and that they a lot of businesses are happy to do it, and they'll get recognition on the app. So people will be able to look for that business that that offers those features. Well, so you're you're someone that loves programming, right? That's like part of your passion, right? Well, yeah, I've I started learning. I'm not, of course, a full stack developer, but I I'm trying to to learn some of the skills too able to speak more intelligently with with my programming team so i'm not a full stack developer at this point but i'm hoping to learn to to try to know the background on the app to to, to uh maybe implement changes that, that need to be done and i can maybe help in the future but i'm trying to learn <laughs> yeah yeah were your parents programmers or in the tech world i mean because it seems like sometimes when somebody brings an idea to this really amazing level you know they had parents or uncles or aunts or you know what I mean? That were, that, that were also big achievers. Right. Well, uh, my whole family, we, none of us are in the tech space. My dad, uh, wow. retail, my mom is a graphic designer. So, oh my gosh. So it's, it's something new for us. It's, it's really opened our eyes, but it's, we've, we've got the passion and, uh, it's something new and exciting that, that we've been able to try to tackle. Wow. That makes it even cooler. Right, Tom? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I got, I got to figure out what was, what was the best part of being on Ellen? That was pretty amazing. <laughs> huh? That was, that was pretty incredible. She's been a hero of mine for a long time. So it was, it was very emotional being there for the first time. That was pretty fun. She's an awesome lady, but the whole day there, the, the time I was on there, it was pretty incredible. Twice. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. And all the opportunities I was able to go to Apple a couple of times from, from that, uh, parents on the Ellen Show was able to be, be introduced to those people at Apple. I went to a couple of their events for the iPhone 10 back in 2017, but that was pretty fun. Apple and Ellen, those were two people and I guess company and a person that I looked up to a lot. So it was pretty cool. It was so fun watching you, or I should say, listening to you uh, react to meeting Tim Cook. <laughs> you were like, it was like somebody meeting like uh, I don't know, like famous football player or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was awesome. that was pretty that was pretty fun too that was a nice that was a fun day being there at apple that's a pretty cool campus down there uh, and i think it's cupertino in california so you're 16 you've developed this web app which is amazing it's already helping so many people you're focused on helping further that and, and, and make it even bigger and better for so many What's next? Do you got any big dreams? Like what would be the next big thing that you want to do? Well, right now I'm just in high school and <laughs> this app going. So I'm focusing on that right now, but I, I hope to go to college in the next couple of years. I'm almost there a couple more years until I go to college. So I'm hoping to do that. Uh, maybe business as a major or something like that. But I, I'm looking right now. I got, I'm trying to keep my options open. So uh, I gotta keep that. reminding myself that you're 16, and you're like know, the biggest I things know. in your life are the app that you created that's affected millions of people, and just getting your driver's license. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, <laughs> you did just it. get your driver's license, right? Or you know, you hold now. Oh no, I uh, yeah, I live here in Idaho, and I was lucky enough to get early. I think I got it 
was it 15? And then I had my permit at 14 and a half. So that was pretty fun. Nice. I've been, I've had it for a little while now. So it's been fun. I, lo I love driving. That's another passion of mine. I like to after school and after work on the app, go out and drive around a little bit. <laughs> One of the big things we talk about at No Barriers is this concept of rope team. How, you know, in this world, it's, it's pretty hard to do anything all by ourselves. We, you know, create a vision for ourselves and, you know, tap into the expertise and the support of, of a lot of people in order to move forward with that vision. I was wondering from your standpoint, who are the key members of your rope team who helped you accomplish this vision and uh, who were they and what roles did they serve for you? Yeah. I've had a lot of amazing people that I've been able to, to meet and become friends with and they've become my mentors. My, Probably my number one are my parents, of course. They've helped me out throughout this whole process. I've also met a lot of uh, friends with people of uh, people with disabilities that have helped me along the way, giving me advice, uh, giving me the motivation to continue forward. And I've had a lot of great people on the app development side that have helped mentor me and even donated some of their time to to help build up this app. So there have been a lot of people, and that's important if you want to accomplish your goals. Surround yourself with positive people that that have the expertise to help you keep going. So I've had a lot of great people, thankfully, that have helped me along the that's way. That's how you get on the fast track, right? I mean, I've always believed that that's how you get on the fast track, right? Like, because say, you know, you don't have all the skills and knowledge to do what you want to do in your mind, right? If so, so if you can get people to take you under their wing and you show the right kind of gratitude and appreciation, man, like they'll teach you anything, right? Yeah. You seem to have that spirit of gratitude and uh, curiosity. Yeah, it's it's important to, to surround yourself with good people that that are a positive influence on you. Have positive energy, have positive people around you. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of teens that are just kind of trying to sort their eye. I mean, some people are still pretty concrete, you know, at 15, 14 years old. But some kids are really thinking about their lives and what their impact on the world is going to be. Do, one, do you speak to some teen groups and help them kind of collect their thoughts and, you know, figure out how they may want to impact the world? Do you have any advice for other kids? Like right. not to put pressure on them to, you know, build an app that's going to impact the world, maybe like you have, but maybe something totally different or just how to make little changes. Yeah. Well, I, I've been able to speak with some of the kids at school that, and some of the things that I tell if I, if I do speak to a group of people, young or old, uh, maybe I'd say the number one piece of advice that I'd have is to put your goals down into small individual goals. You break them down. you got this big goal. If you want to accomplish something, you just break that down into small goals. Day by day, accomplish things one by one. And as you do that, uh, day by day, as you accomplish more, you'll get closer to accomplishing that big goal. So that's one way to get started. It may be a long road, but you got to also enjoy the journey. You can't just focus, of course, on the end. you got to enjoy the journey. A lot of people say that nowadays, but it's important. you gotta, you got to enjoy the journey, and you can start, you can start small. As you, as you continue forward, you can accomplish your big goal. But stay positive and surround yourself with positive people as well, and that can, that can help you accomplish your goals. But for young people, don't be, don't be in a rush. You can enjoy being a kid as well. you got a lot of time ahead of you. Usually, so you can you can enjoy the journey and 
and have a positive attitude and uh, don't be afraid. If there is a problem that you want to accomplish, you can do it. Anybody can do it. How can, how can people help the app become more successful? Like what, what advice or guidance, you know, for all of our audience that's out listening right now and wants to make this a success, how can they help it? Right. Well, the number one thing that, that I say to people now is sign up and create an account in the app and go out and start rating reviews uh, on, on the Ability app. That can make a huge impact on people in your community, giving people a roadmap of the accessible spaces that people are able to go to. So it's very simple. Just go and create an account in the app. Um, even one or two businesses to start will help create that roadmap. You can go take photos. You could go through the accessibility checklist, write a few comments on some of the features that people can find at those businesses. But if a bunch of people can do that, we can start to create this huge roadmap around the world, around the country. So yeah, go out and, and create an account on the theabilityapp.com. So it's just basically the same as what it'll be on the app store, but just go out and start creating reviews for uh, to create a roadmap for people with disabilities and their caregivers. Awesome. And it sounds like funding is something also that uh, that you would be welcome to, some investments, right? Yeah. So what's the next milestone in terms of getting this to become uh, on the App Store? What do you, what needs to happen in, in, in order for that to be there? Right. Well, I'm actively looking for, for people to help the Ability App continue forward resources. Uh, even small amounts help to, to get these small goals that I've that I have some of the features I mentioned that I'd like to implement in the future. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for, for people to help. There's not really a set number right now, really anything to help the app move forward and, and improve it a little bit by bit. So I'll continue doing it. Hopefully there are a couple of events that will be coming up here soon that I can start speaking at again and maybe I'll get some more, some more funds for the app that way. So looking forward to that. Hopefully there'll be some more events to, to help the app move forward, but I'm going to continue moving forward. It's, it's, We've had a lot of progress and there are people signing up every day. It's a usable tool right now. So uh, we've worked for the last seven years to get it up to, to where it is now. And, and I'm excited that it's out there for people to use. Cool. Awesome. That's great. Well, congratulations on everything that you have accomplished. Eric, any final wrap up questions that you wanted to throw out there? No, Alex, I'm just proud of you. And uh, it's just, it's, it's good to see somebody with an idea that they've actually been able to bring forward into the world. And maybe it's not all, it's, you know, I know there's a long way to go for you, but it's really cool to uh, have met you a couple years ago and just see you driving forward with this amazing idea. And our No Barriers uh, community really appreciates it especially. So um, we'll encourage as many people as possible to sign up and continue that crowdsourcing. We appreciate that. And thank you guys for the opportunity for having me today. Yeah, Alex, you're such an impressive young man. It's so inspiring to see someone that has not only used their passion and their interest to create something that has helped other people, but someone that is deeply passionate about changing the world through your technology. So thank yeah, you. It's so awesome. Well, thank you. I mean, because we have people at No Barriers like always coming in with these ideas. Like, I have an idea and I want to change the world with this idea, but I don't know how to move forward with this idea. You know, like, how do I get funding? How do I get the attention? How do I, how do I figure out the people that are going to help me bring it into the world? So 
I, I think there's a lot of people with great ideas. So I just encourage you to, you know, keep helping people bring those ideas into the world because you've clearly gone through it and are right in the midst of it. Absolutely. And we need more people making positive differences in the world. There are a lot of issues out there to, for people to solve, but like I said, you could take it step by step and collectively everybody making a difference will, will be awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where the app goes. Thank you. Yes. All right. I'll look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Thanks Alex. Alex. Thank you. Now get, to, now get your homework done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. See you guys later. Take care, Alex. Okay. Bye. Bye now. We would like to thank our generous sponsors that make our No Barriers podcast possible. Wells Fargo, Prudential, CoBank, Aero Electronics, and Winnebago. Thank you so much for your support. It means everything to us. The production team behind this podcast includes senior producer Pauline Schaefer, sound design, editing, and mixing by Tyler Cotman, and marketing support by Heather Zocali, Stevie DiNardo, Erica Hui, and Alex Schaefer. Special thanks to the Dan Ryan Band for our intro song, Guidance. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to it, share it, and give us a review. Show notes can be found at nobarrierspodcast.com. 